what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. I'm with the band, your front row ticket to interviews and jam sessions with up-and-coming artists. This is Chad Austin, and this month's episode of I'm With The Band features Asheville-based Chris Tuller and the brainchild behind Carpal Tuller. Let's take a listen. This is Chad Austin, and today in the studio we have Chris Tuller. Hi there. Hi, Chris. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Well, thanks for coming in today. Now, it's not just Chris Tuller. It's also Carpal Tuller. Carpal Tuller, right. Which you founded. Let me see if I got this right, and you can uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong. So you're an artist who writes his own material and usually winds up playing and producing everything and engineering everything. Right. And over the years, it has developed into jam sessions with other musicians to the point where you actually have these musicians playing your tunes. So. Um, well, that's the, that's the ideal situation. <laughs> um, the reality is that um, it's, everything's right up until the, the point where I, I get the band together. That's the hard part. So... Um, I just, you know, I'll collect band members and and they just kind of, it's like a, it's like a revolving door. Carpal Teller is a revolving door organization <laughs> where um, we, I don't, I don't know. Um, so it's kind of, it's been hard to get a band going, but I've, you know, we've played a few shows, three or four shows total. So mostly it is, it is a sort of a basement project kind of a thing. Right. I have a room in my house and I, um record everything in that room and the material doesn't really leave the room until it's more or less done right mm-hmm. so how do you work with other musicians how do you pull them into your into um, your scope well I just don't have a very uh, wide network because I'm sort of hermit um, which you know it's good for the rec- on the recording side of things but um, you know f- finding a band is, is somewhat of a challenge for me I use the, the normal like Craigslist avenues, which has worked out somewhat well in the past, and then I've known some people who have joined. But um, I'm I'm right now exploring the idea of of uh, playing as a duo with a with a guy that I'm uh, I've been playing with for a few months now. So now you're based out of Asheville. That's right. So is there's really well? Let me ask you this a different way. It seems like in Asheville that there's a lot of college bands that really keep other bands who are trying to make a little bit of money or make it a little bit more serious than just let's go out on the weekend and play. And it seems to be a big deterrent for bands that are trying to get past that college level. I, I could believe that, but um, I don't really get, I don't get out to see the shows that much, which um, may make me a hypocrite when I eventually start performing because I don't actually, uh, I don't go to too many shows. So I'm not really uh, that into the musical scene. Um, 
right now. But um, yeah, I, I, you know, I think that I think that though Asheville isn't like a really hard market for for new bands to get started, I think it it is very flooded with music. Right. There's a lot of music in Asheville. Everyone's got a band, you know. So I've been listening to your music, and uh, what I've been hearing from your site, which is pretty neatly the way your site is uh, laid out. Carpelteller.com. It is very nicely done. Uh, I hear uh, Ween, which is a big fan. I'm a big fan, especially the Chocolate and Cheese album. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've actually re-recorded uh, Joppa Road. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love their music. I think they're brilliant. I wish the mainstream would catch on to them a little bit more, but I guess they're happy doing what they're wanting to do. Uh, the Beatles. It sounds like uh, if somebody was to ask me about your music, I'd say it probably reminds me, uh, it's kind of like listening to Rocky Raccoon in the White Album mode. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's kind of where you're coming from a lot. Uh, that's definitely where my tastes are, in the, with, the, with the Beatles anyway, yeah. So who else comes to mind? Um, well, yeah, Ween is funny. It's, um, you know, I, I, I like Ween a lot too. I was compared to Ween before I had heard them. Um, and, and so I don't know. I don't know which came first on that. If I, if I, um, the chicken or the wing, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't know. It, there's probably some comparisons that can be made between me and uh, they might be giants. Is one of my favorite bands. But yeah, I, people pick up on on those. I think. I don't know. You know, you always try not to sound like someone. Sure. But you always just end up somehow sounding like well you are what you eat right, you know? right. so you're exactly. inevitably going to sound like and the I people eat, you've been listening to I do eat the Beatles <laughs> yeah uh, well you've already kind of answered this question about how often that uh, Carpal Teller performs but when was the last time you guys performed together as a full piece full piece band um, well actually strangely I know that day was um, October 1st of last year and then, so th- so then we were going to play more shows, but but uh, you know maybe it's just the demographic of the people that I choose, you know the, the age and you know kids and everything. Um, people just get really busy, you right? Know? So they so um, and and we weren't making any money to be honest. I mean, we it's you know you play a while before you start making any money, so it's hard to really um, interest people, you know, in that kind of a prospect. But what do you do besides play music? Um, I am I'm. And a software engineer by day, so the the music is um is my excursion into the creative side that I don't really get to access much during the day. Right. Yeah. So that's what pays for all the toys. Yeah, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> don't have a lot of toys, but. <laughs> well, so how do you guys re- rehearse new tunes? I mean, do you do you purposely set out? Well, I mean, let's let's talk in the past. How did you guys re- uh, rehearse new tunes? Did you, and did you stay focused just on the original stuff? Did you guys pull any cover tunes in at all? Um, no. And the thing is that we, well, you know, we kind of got a set list up, and it's like um, we'd get to the point where we could play it, and there was never we never got to the point where we needed any filler, you know. So I, you know, it was asked a few times like, hey, should we play any cover tunes? And you know, I remember we'd say, well, yeah. Maybe we'll just think about that. And um, at one point we thought of one, and then someone said, "Oh, that, no, that's passe." And um, so we we just ha- hadn't gotten to that point. I, I think it's just a matter of of time put into it. Eventually, we would probably get to a cover tune, just because it's fun. So, I mean, I guess the uh, cover tune would then be redefined as a uh, teller filler. 
I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) Our producer just gave me the look of, really? You had to make that joke? That was stupid. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's talk about uh, the videos, which I enjoyed quite a bit. Now, we have some relation here uh, within the show, because one of the people we have working on the show is a friend of yours and a big supporter of yours, which is Chris Fry. Right. And uh, he directed your videos, I believe, correct? Correct, yeah. He, he's, he's basically been the impetus behind all the videos that I can think of. Well, let's talk about the Sulfa Drug. That's the first one that I, I watched, mm-hmm. uh, which has you playing all the instruments. Right. So how did you guys film that? Three different screens um, together, or three different shots together, and then mask different ones so you could just see like all of you playing together? Um, I'm actually, I actually have two triplets. Um, <laughs> you have two triplets? You got six? <laughs> um, no, uh, yeah, he kind of blew my mind with that one because I kind of thought that it was going to be like three ghosts playing. But what he actually did was, um, I mean, I don't know if it's uh, proper to, to reveal his secrets, but... but um, It's Chris. We can beat him up if he does yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah. No, don't beat me up. No. <laughs> He actually cut the video into th- so the three videos they're like puzzle pieces right and they they're like cut along a wall and like across the floor and right. like and like past the drum cymbal and like he's so he's he's got these three puzzle pieces that are playing at the same time he had the camera like in the closet so he could get a wider shot of it or whatever but yeah I I was pretty impressed by that that was pretty neat so what about the song sulfur drug um <clears throat> Well, this is loosely um, influenced by the fact that my grandfather worked on sulfa drugs. He was a drug chemist. But it's all just a kind of a put on, you know. It's like the whole thing is about, is like being a drug, being addicted to sulfa drugs, which as far as I know is impossible. Right. Um, so it's kind of like a spoof, you know. It's like being addicted to an antibiotic. Right. right. <laughs> it was still funny. specific, like, yeah, heart antibiotic or something. Well, why don't we uh, take a sample of one of your songs and uh, you play for us. Okay. Because you brought a guitar. I saw you walk in with it. I am prepared. Excellent. What's the song you're going to play for us first? Um, let's see. I, I'm going to play Flow, a song off of my my new album, Flow. The Flow's not the album. The new album is Crow and Corn's Clothing. Um, Crow and what? Crow and Corn's Clothing is the name of the album. And the song is Flow? The song is called Flow. Let's take a listen. Right. In my mind, I hear a bob white crow and the treetop pipers as they blow. But in real life, I know that it's not so. It's just the off-white noises people flow And how they flow, and how they flow How they block out my light and make me low And how they flow, and how they flow And how they take my fight, and my how they flow I might like to watch a sunset glow I may serve a white iris as it grows Real life, there's something I still know. It's just the endless fight as people flow, and how they flow, and how they flow, how they block out my light and make me low, and how they flow, and how they flow, 
they take my fight, my how they flow. We'll get back to your show in a moment. Just a reminder, you're listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Find out more at themesh.tv and give us feedback on what you like. This is Chad, and we'll get back to I'm With The Band in just a second. But first, I want to give you a little bit of a sample from my playlist. This is music that I listen to and that I think that you should too. This band is called Oka. There is a new style of world beat jam bands coming from Australia, and the 10-year strong Oka is leading the way and taking the world by storm. Electrified didgeridoo, heavy slide guitar, soaring flutes, and juju rhythms are some of the many ingredients used within this electronic trio. Imagine Bob Marley meets Stevie Wonder and the Chemical Brothers in a steaming rainforest, and you kind of get the idea. You can buy their music on iTunes and visit their site at okamusic.com. And this is my playlist. Now back to the show. Since we just heard some music from your newest album, why don't we talk about your newest album, Crow and Corn's Clothing? Well, it's it's a... I've been working on it for... About three years, I guess. Crow and Corn's Clothing. I guess I should explain the title, even though it's a little bit difficult to explain. But basically, a Crow and Corn's Clothing is sort of a... Um, I, th- I think it's something that I made up, uh, obviously, to take on wolf and sheep's clothing. It's it's like seems like, so- like something that's bad, but it's not really that bad. I'm going to have a hard time explaining that one real well, but once you see the album cover, I think it'll all just fall into place. You'll be crows surrounded by candy corn? <laughs> no, actually, a- actually, you'd probably be more confused to be to be truthful about it. But um, yeah, it's it's something that seems really bad. But I mean, in the end, it's just a crow. It's not gonna like it's not out to kill anybody. Who does your album covers? I do the album covers too. So it was, all this is probably why it takes me so long to do this stuff. 
Right. Um, and the fact that I don't, you know, I have, I have a bit of free time, but um, not as much as I'd like. And so it takes a while to, to do all that stuff. I understand about having control when you're working in the studio and you're writing all the songs, you're playing all the parts yourself. And I know the, uh, the satisfaction that can come from that. But what about the camaraderie of working with other musicians? Actually, I have a lot more experience working with myself than with other musicians. So there was never a time when I was like in a working band. Basically, I didn't even tr try to form a band until I was probably into my 30s. And, um, you know, I've been trying loosely for the past three years or so. But, you know, obviously my focus is on recording. So right. and bands take, t take time, you know. And, sure. Uh, but, no, I think I do really understand the value of being able to control everything myself. It has some disadvantages, but... Do you ever feel like you can't see the forest for the trees? I suppose... Yeah, I mean, sometimes, you know, you have to step step away from it. But it is good not having anyone to argue about it with. <laughs> well, sometimes you still have arguments, but those are times you don't tell people about Right. <laughs> now, you are a, an LR alumni. That is true. Yeah. Which is ironic because they're having the uh, reunion this weekend as we're recording this. I, I will be heading over there tomorrow, yes. They used your music in the musical Air Conditioner Stonehenge. Correct. So what kind of experience was that? I mean, that had to be a nice little ego trip for a while. Oh, it was, yeah. No, it was... Um, it, it, we, had, we had done the play before uh, the year before. Joe Sturgeon had put on a Midsummer Night's Magical Mystery Tour, which was a, a Beatles, kind of a mid, Midsummer Night's Dream Beatles marriage. And I had done the music for that, but it was all Beatles music. And, I was and that was just, good. I saw that. Well, thank you. Um, and it, it was all, so that was all recorded music. And then I think Joe's girlfriend at the time had the idea of putting on a musical based on, on my music. And I remember thinking, that doesn't make sense. But somehow he kind of had this vision, you know, because I didn't really see how that was really going to fit together into a dramatic performance. But um, Joe's a creative guy. And so he, um, he came up with this really... This really surreal, psychedelic kind of Alice in Wonderland-based trip that was that had it was a musical. So all the the, the kids in the play uh, were all singing Carpel Teller songs, which that I think was probably the most gratifying thing was just to hear other people singing singing my music. Oh, I uh, bet. Yeah, it was just it was great just hearing it performed different ways. I want to talk about another one of your videos for a second. You have a video named Planets. Right. Um, which I enjoyed just because the simple fact that the very beginning of it, there is a, an ode to uh, Douglas Adams. Uh, that, that is a Chris Fry edition there. Yeah. Is it? Well, the whole, the whole video was done by Chris Fry, yeah. Well, for those of uh, our listeners who don't know who Douglas Adams is, he's uh, famous for, or mostly famous for writing The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And the whole song is a lesson in astronomy. Very loose lesson, yeah. Right. And, and I got to say with that one, in my defense, I, I wrote that song just before... Actually, the year that they dropped Pluto as a, as a planet. <laughs> I was going to ask um, you but, about that. So it was, it was actually, that's in my defense, but the song is in Pluto's defense, which I think should still be memorable to people for something. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, also in the, uh, in the video, you have a whole slew of uh, spaceships. And right. the sad part about it is, is I can name them all. That is, that is pretty sad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and if you think I'm kidding... Uh, the only one I wasn't really sure of actually was the phone booth, unless it was Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Um, I'm going to say, knowing Chris Fry, that that was Doctor Who. Doctor Who? Okay. So I was wrong on that one. The other one is the USS Enterprise. 
Discovery 1 from 2001, one of the TIE Fighter series in Star Wars, a Klingon warbird, Corellian uh, uh, ship, and uh, the very first spaceship you see in Star Wars Episode oh, 4. Okay. The, the Princess Leia got captured on. Uh, the Battlestar Galactica Vipers, the ship from Aliens, uh, the second movie. Darth Vader's TIE Fighter, because you can hear Darth Vader. That one was a giveaway. <laughs> uh, Bounty Hunter from Star Wars, I think, was that third one. Cylon Raider from Battlestar Galactica and the Destroyer from Star Wars. Okay, that's impressive. I know. I didn't have to look those up. That's the sad part. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty impressive, Chad. Thank I'd you. Say. I love that video. <laughs> I thought it was awesome. I thought yeah, it rocked. He did a great job with it. Well, I like the music, too. I mean, it just it all flowed together, so it was a nice compliment to each other. And the Darth Vader was added after afterwards. It's not actually in the original song. Oh, yeah. Just in case. You just in case anybody wanted to know. A little that. trivia there for you. <laughs> How often do you write new music with uh, the schedule and the freedoms you were speaking of earlier? Um, I don't really. You know, it's. I don't really sit down and write songs. Um, more like I'll come up with like a jingle or something. And then, like five years later, I'll write lyrics to it or something. And that's how they all, almost all of them go. They're all like, by the time they're finished, it's a song that's been rattling around for years. Very rarely, actually, Planets is is one of the like three or four exceptions of that rule, because Planets was conceived like on a Friday and then recorded by the next Sunday or something, which is like a complete record for me. Right. Well, what kind of platform do you record on? Um, right now, I'm I'm recording. Uh, I have a, a Presonus Fire Studio interface with a. Um, so this is the first album I've done that's been recorded on the on a computer. Um, I used to have one of those. Uh, it was like a twelve track digital audio workstation. Sure, kind of thing. sure. Hey, what, was, it, was it a Kai or Roland? This was a Yamaha. Right. Um, and uh, it. You know, it was kind of hard to let that go because I'd gotten to, so good at uh, tweaking the little knobs and stuff. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so what um, software are you using? Um, I'm using Cubase. Stein, uh, uh, yeah, Stein, Steinberg. Right? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, Cubase. And um, yeah, there's really not much. It's not a very sophisticated rig. It's just, you know, that interface and a preamp and some microphones and... Some good intentions. I uh, talk to a lot of friends who are engineers and producers, and uh, there's a big trend going from Pro Tools over to Logic software because mm -hmm. Logic is so songwriter oriented. Mm -hmm. have, have you heard that before? No, I don't keep very educated in this realm either, unfortunately. But sometimes being too educated can take away from the process and from your money. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. Babe, but you, you're a software engineer. You should be able to afford that kind of stuff. You think? <laughs> we won't get into salaries. <laughs> he just makes a bit less than everybody else. A bit, <laughs> bit bits and ones. All right. Um, now you also have music available right now on CD Baby, which is uh, CD Baby slash artist. Actually, I should say cdbaby.com slash artist slash Carpal Tuller. Let me spell that for everybody so they can get that right, because I was misspelling it for a while. It's C-A-R-P-A-L-T-U-L-L-A-R. Yeah. If you think about putting an E, just don't put E's in it. Yeah. Get rid of the E's. No E's. All right. Um, I'm going to give you a couple of things to uh, chew on here for a second, and then when we get done with that, you can uh, take us out and play us another song. Okay. 
Uh, we do this like a word association, phrase association. Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, so I try to go to, towards current events. Okay. Uh, sometimes that works. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, but since we had such a monumental event happen recently, let me ask you about how you feel about uh, Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs was an extraordinary individual, being a very inspiring person, I'd say. I can't imagine having an occupation that I would want to be doing while I was dying. I mean, anything. But um, it's pretty admirable, I'd say. Today in the news, a Pakistan doctor was reported to be tried for treason from the Pakistani government for helping the CIA to obtain DNA samples of bin Laden. Um, My first thought is, oh no. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of like... Well, actually, I can't say what it's like. What do you think? I mean, I just can't even... I'm so speechless. I just can't even believe that that's true. But honestly, it doesn't... I I don't see it affecting my immediate week that much. (laughs) Are you sure? (laughs) You can never be sure. You'd never know. That's that's what I Because when you came in, uh, they were saying, how you doing? Do you need anything? So, well, I need to contact my Pakistani doctor. And so I just wanted to throw that out. Right. I did get up to go to the water fountain. I could have gotten picked off. Lastly, uh, and this is my favorite because I like to record, uh, digital recording versus analog recording. Analog sounds better, but it's a pain in the ass. <laughs> You're looking over your shoulder. Um, yeah, uh, digital digital is just like, I mean, once you go to digital, I think it's kind of impossible to go back to analog. And my, right. and my only experience with analog is very you know well my own personal experience is just four tracks but i mean i got pretty involved in in like tape splicing and and all sorts of you know bouncing and and trying to fit as many tracks on one channel as possible right um and that's fun it becomes a science it becomes sort of an obsession um and i actually started recording things with two tape players and just you know bouncing back and forth Mm-hmm. And and you could you know getting like a four track that sounded like it was recorded, like on the space shuttle or something. Digital, I mean, I think analog has has a you know it has this natural compression that goes goes with it. You know, like right. tape has its own compression and it's just smoother. Digital is just easier and you can kind of get your point across and you can. Um, in my case, digital is a necessity because. I use a lot of tricks to make myself look like a good performer. Sure, you can yeah. cut and paste. Yeah, do it right one time. You can fix. Right. I mean, I've I've had a single track, you know, a single take. That's or not a single take, but you know, one track can be many performances, you know, strewn together. I almost feel bad about it, but um, but I don't. I think the only thing that's bad about digital recording is that it gives you so many options of being able to, like you said, string together 100 performances and getting one composite take to make it just as best as it can possibly be. Mm-hmm. And then they come see you live and realize that you're not quite that perfect. Yeah, that is pretty embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Hope you haven't heard the record first. However, <laughs> digital can't, can't capture, can't capture uh, the essence of a live performance either. No, no, not really. Even recording live doesn't doesn't quite do it, does it? No. But we're going to take that chance. 
we're going to have you play another song and okay. take us out. Let's do it. Well, thanks for coming in here today, Chris. I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure re-meeting you again. <laughs> the pleasure is mine. It's great to be here. And uh, take us out. Okay, I'm going to play my guitar and I'm going to walk out of the building. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this song is also off the new album. It's called Don Quixote. actor, should I say Union Civil War reenactor? He was a socialite when he was out to fight. He led an army like a mighty tractor. Don Quixote was a famous actor. Shira, Shira, Rosinante was a comely villain. Who headed up the phony Yankee killing? And who had lost the fight? And who, to Don's delight, set an example for the bold and willing? Rose and Auntie was a comely villain. Rose and Auntie didn't like it all who Don Quixote was. By then a southern wind had wafted her scent through the air, through the air, through the air. Don Quixote caught a whiff of heaven. It got his one horsepower motor revving. Though he knew how to lead a horse to water, he also knew she might find him a sightly sight. He slightly shifted underneath his saddle If he could only part the flank behind her Cause every time he'd whine behind her A mighty voice inside him cried a call for action Action, action Chiron When she recoiled beside him He knew that it would take more than a famous actor At night and in the pale moonlight, he stole into the barn behind her, and with a hoof on either side, he backed her. So begat another famous actor. Shira, 
You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.